live. Welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. I, as always, am Rick, joined as always by Alex and Paula. And it's going to be a very Rick-centric episode, I will warn you right now, because <laughs> Alex has been travelling and uh, Paula's been studying the slackers. We're going to talk about beatings, retireds and playings, but it's mostly going to be me. I'll warn you in advance. So after that, we're going to round out uh, what Alex has lovingly dubbed the handheld trilogy by talking about the newly released or soon to be released rather play date. We'll maybe take a question, although I have to be honest, I don't know that we'll have time for that. And we'll finish off either way with the sensation that is how, how long, long to beat, long beat the, the game. game. The game. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like and, kind uh, of panicked gonna... there, Paula. <laughs> I am sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Do we have to play? <laughs> um, and so that we've got a little bit of a breakup in the me, um, I'm going to kick off my beatings because Paula's got none and Alex has only got a couple. Oh, you've got a retirement as well. Uh, why don't you kick us off then, actually? Because then we can oh we can bounce through around. Sure. Yeah, I've got a small retirement, but yeah, it's I'm not going to say much about it. But <laughs> um, yeah, so like for what I've beaten, uh, I beat that Yu-Gi-Oh! The Eternal Duelist Soul on the Game Boy Advance, uh, which is a great time. I mean, look, it, it, there's there's not like much to it, right? Like it's it's just you play card games, you make your deck, you have fun, and it's funny because I actually I, I tried out. I was going to play. There's like this. Um, there's another one which it might have been like the sac- stairway to the sacred duelist something something um which is like another there's like seven or eight game boy advance you go it's insane but i think there's like 10 yeah probably it's it's wild how many there are and i i do think this might have been the one like that was perfect for me because even when i got into that that second one which is kind of neat because it's like you go to battle city and so it's like the second season of the anime and, and you're you know battling people through a battle city and you're doing that whole arc but even in that one, I noticed that it had like a lot of new cards that I was just unfamiliar with. Because really, I was only familiar up to really fusion, like even ritual cards. I was like, I don't think I ever really played with these because there just there weren't many of them. But those are in the Eternal Duelist Soul. And so I really liked that one because the thing is, like on the Game Boy Advance, the, the deck editor is functional, but it's not great right? So like, it can obviously be a little bit clunky, because there's lots of cards. And so you're going to have to kind of like open them up to remind yourself unless you're super familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh cards, you might be like, wait, what is the effect of this one? So like, I think the simpler the game is, the better it probably is on the GBA. Like if you're like super obsessed with Yu-Gi-Oh, I you just play the one that's on like the PS4 or like the Switch. But yeah, if you have like the nostalgia and for Yu-Gi-Oh in its kind of earliest incarnation that this was super fun like I beat all of the different players it was excellent while sitting on a plane you know watching a freaking movie I was just like all right let's, let's just bash through all these freaking <laughs> all these duelists as I go to town um, so that was really fun anyone who does play it though my biggest recommendation for you is that the before you start a duel so like when you're you know doing the rock paper scissors thing hold down the R button until the duel starts and it'll speed the duel up and that is a lifesaver because goddamn the duels are slow if you don't do that. <laughs> There's nothing worse than slow UI oh. for it. But anyway, I really, I like honest to God, mm. I just really enjoyed this game. And I love card games and I, I like Yu-Gi-Oh! So that's all there is to that one. <laughs> and there there are nine other GBA games if you do want to go. I uh, I fact checked Paul using a little site called howlongtobeat.com. Oh, there you go. Uh, so there's nine, heard of it. nine total? There, there's yeah. ten total. Oh, there is it, ten total. It, okay. It, yeah, yeah, so oh. nine others bar the one that you've actually played, including it was getting games as late as 2006. Yeah, yeah. They're very popular yeah. and they sell well. And I mean, yeah, there's well. also like one of them is like Dungeon Dice Monsters, I think. So it's like from that like four episode arc. <laughs> they they made a whole game on it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to kill 
but you know, leave us about like the all the little games in the manga. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, literally, if you both say so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all day. But I mean, here's what I'll say: like, I think they're all competent enough. It's just that I, I, I feel consensus in general is that this one, like uh, Eternal Duel of Soul, is kind of the best of them, just in the sense that it's so focused and kind of before things go a little nuts. <laughs> anyway, that's that on that. Uh, I also beat Professor Layton and the Unwound Future. I, I had put that off for a long time and finally got back to it. And that this game, I really started to like it more as it went along. I mean, I think when I, I was sort of turned off a little bit when I started because I was like, ugh kind of like more the same but like as the story went on i was like oh this is kind of fun and uh the puzzles got better i think but even then you know i have to say because you know spoiler i've been playing another game in this series this third one really like i I just don't go further than this you know like it's like because god it just really even in this one it was getting repetitive and some of the puzzles were just getting so obtuse you know like they weren't they weren't always that much fun. Like it was, it was less like, Ooh, what's this clever puzzle? And more like, all right, what bullshit gimmick is this one about? You know? And like, and they, they were obviously, they weren't related at all to the story most of the time. So yeah, I I, like, it's funny because professor Layton, I actually, I like Layton and Luke and like the characters more than I like the games. (laughs) So like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll talk about this more again. And when, when it comes to playing, because I, I think it's a really great world and idea and like there's some lovely stuff in there. It's just a shame that there's like, I think there's an expectation that they have to have so many goddamn puzzles in these games. And so it's just spread really goddamn thin, you know, like by the end of it, you're just like, Ugh. but I don't know. It, I still think this trilogy is worth playing, especially if you enjoy puzzles. But I, I definitely looked up a lot of the puzzles and not even necessarily the solutions, but I was just like, I don't want to use my hint coins. Just show me all the hints uh, online. And I was like, great, got it. And went in to do it. Cause sometimes I just, and that's the irony of the hint coins. Cause you never use them or you just hoard them for no purpose. I was exactly the same. Oh, I know. Right. Because you're like, but, I don't but, know. Maybe I'll eat them. What? Why wouldn't you use the hint coins? They give you like more than enough for all the puzzles that you think. No, you it's don't have game room. Yeah, I just want to hoard them. It's like I might need them later, and also like it feels yeah. like a completionist thing where it's like I've never used one, even though you've googled the solutions. Yeah. The game doesn't know that. But also, like it's actually easier to just Google them because it shows you all the hints in a row. So like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, I could do yeah. the hints, but I actually had to press so many freaking buttons, and I was like, you know what? If I just hit this, I can look at the hint while solving it. You know what I mean? So I actually, I actually found that easier. So anyway, I didn't have to do it tons, but I, I was noticing that in this game more than in others. And maybe it was just because I was like, I'm, I'm done with this game and I want to just get to the end. But I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's Professor Layton, The Unwound Future, uh, or whatever the hell it's called. Lost Future, I think, in other places. I forget. It's called yeah, something Future. different here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of like Lost Future, but Unwound makes sense. Time, tr- clocks and shit. Anyway, fun game. Rick, why don't you <laughs> regale us with your uh, all the shit you Yeah. <laughs> So I've I've uh, I've been picking up the uh, the slack. I've beaten five games since we last recorded. Uh, the first of which is probably the most interesting. So this is a game called Brukel PC, and the conceit is that you are the grandson of a woman who lived on on Brukel Farm, going back after the fact to take photos and, and log things about the farm for your grandmother who lived there. I think it's in Belgium, if I remember correctly, during Nazi occupation in World War II. Um, it tries to go for, or at least it gave me the very same vibes as a graphic novel called Mouse, which is about these anthropomorphic Jewish mice 
and the the son is a writer and it interjects scenes of him living his life post all the stuff that happened um but also documenting his father's story of his experiences through that time and how he survived one of the camps and all the other stuff around it now the interesting thing with mouse is and i'm I'm not saying anything that anyone doesn't already know because this thing is critically acclaimed it's not some obscure gem that i've just dug up it is very grounded but softened ever so slightly by the fact that it's like farmyard animals doing all the things that, that they're doing brucal tries to soften it with supernatural elements it, it's effectively a walking sim um, you take a few photos. There's, there's not really much interactivity. Um, you're mainly sort of walking around, triggering points and, and moving through. The problem is it doesn't really commit. Mouse commits and it works. Brucal sort of tries to have its cake and eat it too. So it's like you're this real person exploring the real farm, but you're hallucinating all these things that actually happened to the grandmother. Um, and then you wake up and there's no farm anywhere. And it was like all in your imagination anyway. It's just very weird. And there's moments where it clicks and there are things that bleed through it that are worthwhile. I, I'm almost on the verge of recommending it if it sounds interesting because it's cheap and it's very short, but it doesn't really succeed. And it, it's quite a shame. Sorry, Alex, you muted. Gosh, dang it. I was just saying cheap and short are my two favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke in that somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting, not in an entirely good way uh, but the the other thing that i do want to sort of end on a positive note is there is something about hearing about people who lived in the occupied countries but weren't necessarily the persecuted group i think it's a really interesting angle that probably is a little bit underexplored in all that kind of stuff so it, it there's some value there i just wish they'd done a little bit of a better job of it but it was certainly interesting my next completion is a game that I can wholeheartedly recommend to everyone and anyone. Everyone should play this. Uh, it's a game called The Swapper. So I played it on Vita. This is like the fifth time I've played it. I was about to game. say, I'm... yeah, you've played this many times, haven't you? I make a point basically every sort of 12 to 18 months. By the time enough time's passed that I've forgotten the puzzles, I'll go back and I'll play it again. This game has it all. So it, the story is quite thin, but it, it hits a lot of sort of philosophical points and it's quite thought-provoking. Um, so the idea is that you are a scavenger, you've landed on this planet, and they were conducting experiments on these um, sentient rock life form things. And they've developed a device, a device called the Swapper, uh, which allows you to create clones and switch between them. And so there's all these themes that are explored about uh, what is the soul, what is consciousness, what do life and death mean while you're switching between different bodies? Is it really still you? Um, and most of it is done with minimal sort of cut scening and story uh, there's the odd text log the rocks sort of speak to you i don't want to sort of say too much about it but it, it's really well done the art is very strong as well so everything is handmade or claymation and it's all sort of been put together now my first playthrough was on pc and it looks great on pc on vita because the screen's closer to your face, you can see some more of the details. So little bits where like a, a thumbprint's been left in it and it it has a real charm to it. It all looks excellent, even if you didn't know that it was all handmade. And the puzzles are really well pitched. It The only thing I can think in recent memory that was comparable and as someone who gets bored quite quickly of puzzle platformers is Inside, which also did an excellent job of, of pitching that curve really well. Um, and giving you those aha moments naturally without needing to spend hint coins or Google it or anything like that. And like Inside, it's very tight. Like it's a three to five hour campaign, maybe 
four and a half, five the first time you play it. I've I've got it pretty down pat now. So I, I even sort of forgetting how the puzzles work, I hit three-ish hours every time. It's on everything. I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, it's almost as good as 13 Sentinels, if you can believe it. <laughs> that is some uh, high praise coming from Rick. High praise indeed. Um, yeah, I remember playing this then... one on the Vita a while back, like when I first got a Vita back in the day, and I I liked it a lot. It was fun. It's really good. It's, it's... Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> I don't know where else I was going with that. <laughs> um, so once I'd finished that on Vita, I stayed on Vita and played the final Motorstorm RC expansion, uh, which is the Carnival one. It's more Motorstorm RC. I feel like people skim over the Motorstorm franchise in general, actually, I think is, is a little bit sort of underrepresented, forgotten, for want of a, a better term, a hidden gem. And it's the kind of series that I would actually love to see, like a HD remaster treatment. Um, because there's there's the three main games. There's Arctic Edge on PSP, which is possibly the best of the bunch. Um, and then there's RC, which is different, but it's really good in its own right. And the two expansions, I'm quite glad I played them separately because they they scratched a perfect itch. Like it's an hour's issues worth of content. It's all you know really well done. It's very bite sized, pick up, put downy. It, it's just right sort of as a palette cleansery type thing. And if you have a Vita bucking around, if you have a PS3 because it's on there as well, that's really really good. The next one, and it's a shame that Minoria didn't win the Game of the Month nomination because I think I'm going to play that very soon off the back of this, <laughs> uh, was the fourth game in the Momodora series. Uh, it's called Reverie Under the Moonlight. This is a relatively straightforward Metroidvania, round about the four or five hour mark to complete. In fact, no, I think it's less than that. Let me double check my time. This is very unprofessional of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really, really good. So it, it doesn't do anything super unique or mind-blowing the art is lovely it's, it's excellent pixel art the music's fantastic as well and it's one of those where um it's a solo dev as well the guy's name's ardeen r-d-e-i-n and, and this is the fourth of five of these games that he's made and you can see the progression of his skill and the development of the game in each one um right back to the first they sort of maintain the core but this is the first true metroidvania of them it's the first one with a big enough map and enough sort of item picking up and moving between that it really sort of justifies that moniker it's just incredibly tight it doesn't really put a foot wrong it's tightly strung the combat all feels really good um the bosses provide a healthy challenge without sort of being too over the stop over the top rather uh, there's a bit of a story but it, it's not in your face if you want to skip it and just sort of blast the content game wise which i think is always a nice balance to strike if you can yeah, so I finished it four hours and eight minutes. So yeah, I'd, I'd say quick. sort of four to five hours because I, I I blasted through it relatively fast. It's another one that, that's cheap, relatively short for what it is. And even in the Metroidvania genre where there's other stuff bouncing around, I actually feel confident in saying that this is still one that's worth seeking out and experiencing, even if you haven't played all the greats. I think it stands up well enough on its own to justify taking a look at and trying. Pretty sure it's on Game Pass too. I think I had it on my Xbox actually. Um, then what are you doing, guy? Get it played. I don't know. It might be on there. <laughs> it it may be gone now. I don't know. I know Toho Luna Knights because I think those two get thrown together in like the same areas, like two Metroidvanias that are like, you know, not incredible, but they're like fun little experiences to go through. So the Toho series is its own thing. I mean, that aesthetically, know, yeah. there's definitely but that's a similarity. What I mean, yeah, they get that. They, they kind of get like compared because they're like, hey, look, two like, you know, below the radar. You know what I mean? Like that kind of. That kind of Metroidvania, kind of anime characters, and it's relatively <laughs> yeah. bare bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see the comparison. It's um, 
I would say this is close to incredible, though. I think it, it's really genuinely well done. The the, the um the execution makes all the difference. Nice. And it just feels remarkably tight through and through. And then the last one, which I beat last night, and this is one that I believe that you've played, Alex, yeah. is Titanfall 2. Played it recently, actually, yeah. There you go. Great campaign. Um, yeah. And you can tell <laughs> that they took the criticism from the first game of lacking a campaign very, very seriously into heart because mm-hmm. this one, they've put a lot of effort into the campaign. Yeah. There's like a time-switching mechanic that's unique to one level, and then they just don't touch it ever again. I really wish that um, was in more, because it was awesome. <laughs> it was very clever, and it was very well done, yeah. And um, I was surprised at how well the parkour mechanics were incorporated, mm. because it it's a first-person shooter. So while, while it has those mechanics, they are somewhat secondary, but they feel very, very fluid, probably erring a little bit too much on the side of forgiveness for exactly that reason but it the point is the momentum and the sense of fun was there and it enhanced the fps gameplay which is good because there actually weren't many weapons to to fiddle around with through the campaign but that's discounting the titans which have their own arsenal and are incredibly fun to play as i had a real good time noodling around with the titans it was just really well paced you know like and because i agree with you like with the weapons it was sort of nice because like sometimes in you know, like for instance, a game like Halo, it's like, yeah, I want to be playing with a bunch of different weapons. It's sort of fun. And this one, I was kind of like, I know basically whatever I pick up, it's going to work for me. You know what I mean? Like I was like, there, there really wasn't any weapon that I was like, oh, it's terrible. I'm like, ah, they're all pretty basic, but it's just like that momentum and like the Titans and everything. I'm like, oh, that's where this shit rocks. <laughs> and it mixes it up enough that the weapons aren't really, it, it's, it doesn't really detract yeah. And the other thing that's worth saying, and I'm certainly not the first person to say this, you can always judge the quality of an FPS by how good its shotguns feel. And the shotguns in Titanfall 2, wonderful. Yeah. Um, especially the Mastiff. It's like a wide, a widespread one, and it hits hard. I didn't use it very much because it's an absolute bitch to reload. Um, so I ended up defaulting to the, the EVA, which is like um, yeah. the 10-round the mag shotgun. But all the guns feel good. All the gameplay feels good. It's a shame that they they nixed it by a little bit of gaming history, releasing it right between Battlefield, which is EA's own property as well, and Call of Duty, where it was destined to be choked out and die. Yeah, at least Apex Legends has basically... Because Apex Legends is the Titanfall universe. Um, Yes, because right near the end, there's an Apex thing, and I didn't have a clue what that had anything to do with, but I was like, is that... So that is the connection. Yeah, no, Apex Legends is genuinely in the Titanfall universe. Um, So Apex Legends has basically kept Titanfall alive, and, like, the resurgence recently of, like, people playing the first Titanfall multiplayer, people are playing Titanfall 2 multiplayer, like, Apex Legends is huge. So, like, I think if you... It's a good time to play this game, because I'm pretty sure they're going to have a chance to make something else whether they make like a titanfall sequel or if it's in the you know here here's what i'm thinking is probably going to happen they're going to make an apex legends game that's not a battle royale but it'll probably have some kind of like titanfall something you know what i mean yeah right like it'll like it'll connect everything together so you'll still get your titanfall shit but i i don't know if you'll see the titanfall like branding really come back because i think apex legends is just it's fucking like it's 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 gangbusters, you know. <laughs> like that thing is just. Well, doing what so they well. could maybe do because Activision have, have sort of blazed the trail for how you set this up. So if you play mm-hmm. either Modern Warfare or Cold War right now, um, it's basically a unified launcher. So Warzone, right. Cold War, Modern Warfare—they're all tied in, and the weapons from the campaigns of both feed into Warzone. Mm. Uh, but they also have their own sort of isolated multiplayer components. So what I could potentially see happening 
is whether it's a you know apex infinite or yeah. you know, titanfall 3 or however they make it work titanfall if you unify that into apex. the apex <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you unify that into the launcher and then you know you can have your titanfall and you can have your titanfall multiplayer siloed off but you can make that symbiotic with apex and then you're cross-pollinating you're giving people more opportunities to spend money for better or worse you know it, it makes business sense as well as yeah. oh, it'd be really sick to actually pilot a titan again Right, I know. Here's the thing. Like, I've only uh, I played Apex once for a little bit. I, I think the battle royale shooters are very fun. I just I don't really play multiplayer because I it, it, it takes too long to get good at them again. <laughs> I, I don't got time for that. You see how many games we play every week. <laughs> but um, man, if you could pilot a Titan in Apex, that'd be fucking dope. <laughs> I mean, my god, that game would go. That'd, yeah, that'd be awesome because they're they're super fucking fun in multiplayer too. Like when those things come down, you're just like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> Nice. I don't know. Paula, have you played any of these? I don't know if you, I don't think you have. FPS aren't exactly your forte, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, especially when you started talking about Titanfall, like there was like a monkey build, like, um, what's the name? Like, plates, like, making sense (laughs) in my brain because I was like, I have no expertise of this topic. (laughs) The little symbol monkey, clang, clang, clang. (laughs) Yeah, that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. We'll get to something. We'll get to more of your expertise later. I think most of the games I've been playing are your expertise, actually. So um, we'll get to talk about Fire Emblem later. (laughs) Well, why don't we move on to uh, retirements then, Uh, which is mostly... Yeah, I really want to hear about... Uh, yours alex Um, this isn't something crazy actually um you know how sometimes retirements are more like i'll come back to you later um that's what's happening so pokemon prism i just realized i saw it sitting in my playing and i was like i haven't touched pokemon prism in like two to three weeks so i'm like it feels weird to say i'm playing (laughs) it um and the reason is just that i i've been playing a lot of other handheld games like i'm playing a lot of uh 3ds and um gba games right now so like having another big like handheld rpg on the go it it just doesn't really make sense for me you know like i was like i realized i'm like you know what i should just put it aside because i really like it and i'm i'm still enjoying it a lot but i was just like i think i just gotta wait until i feel that urge to play like i don't know if you guys feel this but like i just get like these days i have so many games that i just kind of wait and like think to myself like what do i want to play right now and then it usually just appears and i'm like Fire Emblem. Yeah, I'll go play that, right? Like, it goes in these waves. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! was like that, right? I really wanted to play it, and now I've gotten it out of my system, you know? And, like, I go through bursts like that. And so Pokemon was yeah. during that heat wave. Oh, sorry, Rick, were you going to say? No, 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 I'm, I'm just saying yes. I'm, I'm verbalizing an agreement. Sorry, yeah. carry on. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? And this is why I love having I love having so many different and um, different systems and just everything around me, because it's like, whenever I have a whim of, like, man, I really just want to fucking play this thing, I can just be like, oh, yeah, I can do that um easy peasy you know because i don't know i find if i set out and i'm like i'm gonna play all these games i just get sick of them really fast and like that was the same thing with Layton, right like i got sick of it and then i put it aside and i just had that feeling again like i should beat Layton, and then it was like boom done so anyway pokemon prism i've retired it nothing too crazy to say about it it's a good game um i will beat this game unlike kadelka that's one of the games that i retired (laughs) so many months ago and i never came back to but I'll still I keep meaning to ask about that one. Is that? I mean, was that the game was bad, or was it just you didn't want to play anymore? So no, I just stopped playing. <laughs> Again, it wasn't bad at all. I just stopped. <laughs> it was like a joke, and then I forgot to put it in retirements. So it is retired, but I, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll beat it. It's fun, but uh, who knows? 
add it to the topics list. We'll just call that your this retire this week. Yeah, um, exactly. All right, go ahead, Rick. I was just going to say that the other interesting one, it's almost like a flip side thing. This is foreshadowing for later for me, for sure, uh, is when you want to play a game, but you don't want to play the game, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And like you like the idea of having that experience more than you actually want to go there. And to segue in, I had a little bit of this with Licton Battle Mage, which is the first of seven retirements for me. Yeah, buckle week. in, folks. <laughs> I've been a busy, busy boy. Um, some of them I've got more and less to say about, so it won't be, it won't mm. be too horrific. Licton is a game that just needed more time in the oven. It is fundamentally flawed in the way that it released. And this is a, the PC version, let alone the abysmal console ports, which if anyone wants to um, sort of throw up their cereal for 10 minutes, um, go and check out Digital Foundry's view, review of that because oh. it is harrowing. It is it's truly scary. But on PC, it, it runs okay. The problem is that it's just not been playtested properly. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm basically going to end up saying the same thing that I've said for a few weeks in a row when I've said I'm playing this, but I'm not sure how much longer. It just isn't a good game. There's some nice ideas in there that never really got fleshed out or allowed to breathe. And it's a shame, but you know that's what it is. And I, I couldn't force myself to play any more of it. That's ultimately what I would have been doing. Retirement number two, Dex for Vita. This might be a great game on PC, and it's still on my Steam wish list. It runs like someone with broken legs on Vita. <sighs> it is not a proper port. I don't know how this got through Sony QA. It, it's not good. It's really not good, yeah. So um, if you want to check it out, don't check it out there. And to an extent, that also replies to Witchcrafty for Vita, which is retirement number three. Now, this is one of the last six games to release on Vita digitally. And I say release very, very loosely because the dev has been pretty open. Admittedly, I didn't see it until after I bought the game um, about the fact that this is all that they could get done in time for Sony's release window. So it's not the full game. It's not properly bug tested. It doesn't really work properly. There is the core of a good game in there. Uh, you know, It's a nice little sort of action platformer. But the Vita version of it is not a good representation of what the full game might be. So that's a shame. And I'm, I'm sort of disappointed that, that I bit on that. But I will sort of keep an eye on how the PC release fares because it is one that could shape up much nicer hmm. overall. Game number four uh, is an epic freebie called Last Day of June. So I have a lot of thoughts about this one. So the, the concept <laughs> is... You are. Have either of you played this one before I jump in? Actually, out of curiosity. No, I just saw you like winding up. But sorry, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I um, haven't. Go it, ahead. Oh, this one's a... always on sale. I've seen this on sale on the Switch so many times, and I'd be like, maybe. But okay, yeah. Don't, don't. All right, good to know. <laughs> well, maybe there's a reason why is it why it is on sale so often. It, there's a nice idea in there. So the the concept is you play as a husband whose wife dies in a car accident. And the car accident is caused by a series of contrivances in the world around you. And there's some supernatural sort of MacGuffin bollocks. But basically, you get to relive the day through those various different people, changing the way that their day builds up so as to prevent the catastrophe. But every time you prevent it, he wakes back up and she's still dead. And there's another contrivance that's forced it to be that way. Now, there's a fucking awesome idea there, conceptually from a story perspective, about coping with loss and the idea that you couldn't change anything and learning to, um, or, or, you know, the acceptance stage of grief. There's a really cool 
kernel in there. Um, it doesn't really come to much of anything, and the problem is multifaceted. The gameplay's kind of dog shit, and by kind of dog shit, I mean like it runs pretty slow. There's these basic ass puzzles that you can sort of see the solution to, and then you have to plod around the map to actually enact. It's really poorly thought out and explained, and it's heavily cutscened. Um, you can tell from the opening sequence, it's basically a group of filmmakers that wound up making a game and it shows in the final product. And it's a pet peeve of mine, and you, anyone who's a regular listener will know this. If you want to make a film, make a fucking film. There's no point making a game because it's going to be torturous for everybody. And I can't remember exactly how the story went, but I, I, I sort of got sick of it about an hour in out of what is a roughly three-hour campaign. I watched what happens in the rest of the game on YouTube um, at double speed, and... I'm very glad that I didn't slog through for what I thought could have been a very interesting story because they did not do a good job of portraying it. Now, if it sounds appealing to you, I'm going to blaspheme a little bit and say, go and find a playthrough on YouTube and watch it because you will miss nothing. And actually you will have a better experience than if you bought or downloaded the epic version and played it. It's just fundamentally, it's better as a film than it is in a game. And even as a film, it's got a number of flaws. And I'm angry because there was, there was something good to be made there and I hate that I can see something that I would have enjoyed. And it's like, nah, ah, watch this shitty pretend film where we don't really take it in a very nice direction. So very unhappy with this one, which is a shame. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> let's, just, let's take a moment. Let's breathe. Okay. I mean, I've said that, like what you've said to like, you know, I've worked in theater for many years and like, I can't tell you how many times I've told people like, if you want to make a movie, go make a fucking movie. Like, <laughs> It's theater. Stop trying to make movies as plays. Just go make movies. <laughs> like, yeah, the medium's important. You can't just transplant it. It doesn't work that way. No. And it, 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 it can't have been fun for them because there's limitations. They have to actually design a game. And it's not fun for me because I have to play a movie and that's not how that works. It, it's just not. And, and the game that's there is just not good. The, the, the puzzles sort of work, but they're not really thought out or intuitive. They don't really justify themselves from a story perspective. Um, I don't feel like you really get all that much insight from them in the way that maybe you could have done or should have done. Um, and it's just another way that the, the, the game sort of fails in my eyes, which is a shame. But I didn't pay any money for it, so I've only lost time, which is more valuable. But whatever. <laughs> I then briefly tried the DS port of Sonic Colors, and then I remembered that Sonic is shit. So I, I took that out of my DS. And hey, if you if you disagree, you're wrong. But tell me why I'm wrong in the comments down below while you're smashing that like button. Honestly, though, I'm in the same boat. Like I remember Sonic Mania, the one that everyone like raves on. I remember playing like the first couple levels, and I was like, I fucking suck at Sonic. I'm like, I'm a bad. I hate Sonic. I hate Sonic. Why do I always convince myself that I think Sonic's good and go to play a Sonic game, and then I suck at it? I hate it. I hate it so much. Let's take another tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone fucking sucks at Sonic because the only way yeah. Sonic works is if you memorize that level. If you want to go fast, the game is not designed in such a way as to allow you to go fast organically. You have to learn the level or take fucking leaps of faith off a ramp where you haven't got a clue where you land and you've got no way of knowing where you're going to land unless you've learned the level. And hey, if you if you want to... Well, and then the problem is that Sonic if you levels, make it easier so that you can go fast, then it turns into the on rails bore fest that is a lot of the 3d one like there's no i'm like i don't know how to win like I, i'm there's happy no for the people who love sonic and want to memorize it i'm happy for you guys you got your sonic mania <laughs> but i'm like i can't do it <laughs> olive branch sonic rush and to a lesser extent sonic rush adventure mm -hmm. good like, it's actually okay 
Yeah. Um, that disgustingly short. I think I beat. So I got Sonic Rush for Christmas. It was one of the surprise games that I got one Christmas. Uh, I'd beaten it by Boxing Day, and I, I, we'd had family stuff, so I didn't have very much time to play it. But it, it's not a long game, anyway. <laughs> um, but Sonic Colors, this is the one, or like the Wii one, right? Like they're remaking that, isn't it? Like Sonic Colors Generation or Ultimate or something like that. HD, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Sonic yeah, Generations, we, blah 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 blah. We're reselling it to you. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah, Sonic Sonic Colors. We ran an AI algorithm to scale the textures edition. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, right. We're we're getting there. So that that's retirement number five of seven. Uh, number six is Wario Land: The Shake Dimension. Now this is a very good game that is a very very bad fit for me. Mm. Maybe that's me being a little bit too generous. So the the problem with the Wario Land games, with all the Wario side scrolls to a greater or lesser extent, is that the stakes are non-existent. You you can't die. Four might be different on the GBA. That's the only one that I've not tried yet. But Wario Land two and three on the Game Boy Color and shape dimension and i think to a degree uh masters of disguise on the ds which is actually I, I quite enjoyed or remember quite enjoying the way the game works is that you're actually never in all that much danger of dying but the incentive to succeed and achieve within the game is all these extra objectives on top the problem in shake dimension more so than than the others in my experience is that those objectives are tedious to complete not fun to do, and far too numerous. And so what I found myself doing is either playing the level and being bored as sin and stroke or trying to get a couple of the bonus objectives and just banging my head against the wall. Because there's somewhere it's like, oh, collect so many coins. And because half the level's like a chase sequence out of the level, a la like the Metroid Prime games, which conceptually I like, I thought it was pretty cool. But some of the coins and, and various things are tied to that. And there's no there's no do over if you fuck that up. So it, it just didn't click with me either way. Game still looks gorgeous. Like for a Wii game at 480p, phenomenal. Looks really, really genuinely good. The art's exceptionally done. And it you know it might sound like it's a game for you, but it really wasn't a game for me, which is a shame. So um, I've I've given it a try and I've I've satiated that that element of curiosity, and I'll happily move on. And I happily did move on um, to a very weird source game called I Divine Cybermancy. This was a trip. So <laughs> it it looks very Warhammer 40k. It's based on some kind of other board game property, based on my very quick Wikipedia search before we started recording. It does not do a very good job of onboarding it, uh, to the extent that it basically doesn't. It just sort of dumps you in media res and you've got to work out what's going on. And this sort of brings us full circle because it reminded me in a lot of ways of Lichten Battle Mage in that there's some excellent ideas here that probably need a little bit more time in the oven. Now, the difference is that mechanically, most of the things in I feel like they work, uh, which isn't always the case with Lichten. The problem is onboarding and tutorializing. The game doesn't have a tutorial. It literally, at certain points in the game, gives you a prompt to press T for tutorial and then takes you to a list of videos, but doesn't tell you which one that it's trying to refer you to or why. And it's like, mm, I'm not really sure I like a game that gives me 20 video tutorials and it's just like, pick one. I don't know. You'll learn eventually. <laughs> <laughs> or not. I don't fucking care. I know. And, and that, that's the thing with it. So it's very, very Eurojank. There is something cool in there. I didn't have the patience or the inclination to find it. So I tried it tried it for a little bit this has been a game that i bought based off steam reviews 
well over five years ago and it's just been oh, sat on my ssd this is the only reason i played it because my ssd was getting a bit full and this game takes up like six gig which is a lot for a source game like mm-hmm. it, it's original source engine so i installed it tried it a bit wasn't really infused it's like sick i can make that space on my on my ssd i don't need to keep that around anymore you can knock it off the old backlog <laughs> yeah well exactly that knock it onto the old retired pile um it it's a shame it's one of those it there's something cool in there, and it's it's always a little bit sad where you just feel like there's a block between you and finding the fun. And that's where I found myself, and that's probably where I should stop because I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of talking. <laughs> well, um, shit, I think you thought... just retired more games than Paula has retired all year. So <laughs> all, all, all year? Like in like the past like four or five years probably. <laughs> yeah, well. When we started, you had a couple of retirements you were going through, though, you know? There was a period of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, why don't we move on to what we're playing? And, Paolo, why don't you kick us off, then, since you've been patiently listening? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I really haven't been playing, like, for long periods of time because of exams and all that stuff. Mm. But now I am free and I can play again. So uh, I've been playing The Lane of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Shocker. And I pretty much like uh, advanced a little bit with the story, reach uh, Robbie's lab. I now can make guardian equipment, so I feel powerful once again. <laughs> uh, same as always, got a bunch of cork seats, got very leggy and got a star piece, solved a handful of shrines, and then I just upgraded some, some armor. I haven't done the quest for the third Divine Beast, but I'm getting there. And also, my nephew's like playing Breath of the Wild again, and I think I have a problem because he was asking me like, "Hey, where is this thing?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, that, that that's table. It's like right over here." And he went and he said that it was like in the exact spot that I mark. <laughs> and then he asked me for like a piece of armor or something like that, oh and God. he didn't have that part of the map. But I did the same thing. I have issues. <laughs> Yeah, you know this game a little too well. <laughs> yep. Wow. I don't know how to feel about that one. Hmm. But yeah, like, um, back in Hyrule, having fun. I, he he had, like, amiibo cards, too. So he said, like, hey, you can scan my amiibo cards so you can get the armor faster. And I, I scanned the amiibo cards, and I somehow got two bonus. Well, shit. And I already have one. <laughs> Um, I've also been playing Sweet Fuse. Um, that's the Otome game that I talked about like a couple of weeks ago at this point. And I'm finally like at the start of one of the characters' route. As I said previously, this Otome game has like a, a lot of reference to other games. So Stage 3 or Chapter 3 was a theme around a horror game. And the the way that they did the environment for this one and the art and and the sound effects and all of that, I was like genuinely scared like at some point of uh, of that part of a game. And then I think I am supposed to be like on stage four, but I didn't like go far enough to know like what kind of game it was like making a reference to. But yeah, like I am getting there. I am finally like. Uh, getting to the, the the meat and potatoes of the story in this game. The sweet also potatoes pl- of the story. The sweet, the sweet potatoes of the story. No, you missed it. Sweet fuse, sweet and potato. And don't worry about it. Careful, man. If you keep going with these puns, I'm going to blow a fuse. 
<laughs> See, that's why I should have gone for it. I've been upstage. I'll always be at your side, buddy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> fun, ready to go. All right. You need to leaf green this alone. Yeah, that's, that's not yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, did you have um, anything else for also... <laughs> No, that, that's okay. That's all I have to say. I haven't been playing like a reasonable in the last couple of days. Okay. Uh, what I've been playing the last couple of days, like just before I go to sleep, is uh, Pokemon Leaf Green for the GBA. And I'm very happy to have picked up like a GBA and a link cable because my boyfriend also got a, uh, a GBA. So we've been nice. trading and battling and stuff. Yeah, I never had like the chance to to do that on this game because I never had a, a GBA when I was growing up. So that has been like super cool. There's something different about playing the GBA like on the actual console handheld. It's just, it's so nice. Like I, For real. Yeah. It's so good. I'm glad you've joined us on yeah. the GBA. <laughs> yeah, besides, like, I could just like bring my GBA with me to bed, and like after like ten minutes, I get sleepy and just save, turn it off, ditch. <laughs> that is that for the night. So yeah, like I've been trying to create a a live box. So I'm trying to catch like one Pokemon of each kind and have like the full Pokedex on the PC box. I'm about a third of the way through. I already got. Uh, 50 species of Pokemon. How many are there in green? Um, the national dex is 151. I don't know what's the national dex for that game. Mm. Yeah. Because anyway. Did I'll... I say national dex twice? Yeah, you did. I was going to say The regional game for the regional dex is 151. Yeah. The national dex, I have no idea. It's probably like up to Gen 3 because that's when. Um, yeah, so there's 386. Um, yeah, yeah. The national sounds about right. Contains the Hoenn and the Johto regions. So, um, fuck Pokemon, man! Jesus Christ! Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> but you gotta catch them all, Rick. You gotta catch them all. No, I really don't. <laughs> I really do not. Yeah, I just want to catch them all. I, I just wanna catch them all in the one game that I know I can, and not take like a bazillion hours doing so. Oh, when I did that in I, I did that in Pokemon Let's Go uh, Pikachu, and I'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. to you, it was the most satisfying gaming achievement I've ever done in my life. Because I was like, as a child, <laughs> I never could have gotten it. And like the day that I got all 151, I was like, yes. <laughs> I just have this like feeling of like, and it, you know what? It wasn't even like one of those feelings where right afterwards you're like, why did I do that? No, it was, it just felt good. It just was great. <laughs> it still feels good. I'm like, I've got a fucking full Pokedex on Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, and it's awesome. <laughs> Whack that on the old That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you, you've been playing Pokemon Unite, huh? How's that going? Oh, yeah. So Pokemon Unite is a MOBA. Mm-hmm. A right, multiplayer online battle <laughs> arena. And this one is... Uh, another game that I've been like roped into by my boyfriend because he was like playing it and it kind of looked fun and it reminded me from the time that I played League of Legends but way simpler uh, with a lot, a lot less salt, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. And I tried it out and I can't stop making like a comparison to League of Legends. Like, I don't know like what the hell is the terminology for this game, like for a specific 
types of Pokemon, but it's like, oh yeah, that th this one looks like a top liner, or this one is a attack damage dealer, or right, yeah. or a jungler, or stuff like that. So when I used to play League of Legends, I would usually go with a um, very like crystal cannon attack dealer, mm. or I would go into the jungle and just roam the map and. And yeah. try to to kill stuff and stuff like that. I was always the wolf guy, and I I was jungler big time, and then would come out and get all those <laughs> kills later in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think for jungle, I played Shivana the dragon, the the one that turns into a dragon for the ulti, nice. and it's I so long felt ago, I powerful. Yeah. yeah, it's been like at least three years since the last time I played because I used to play with a group. I never went like into the competitive side. I just played for fun, but still like was a little bit too stressing, especially when the 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 games could extend like for an hour. So I was like very uh surprised when I saw Pokemon Unite and the matches take at most 10 minutes because they are timed. Mm. So the thing with this game is you have two teams of five Pokemon each, and then you have like these little goals across the map you have two lines um what is considered to be like the jungle and you don't have like a middle line just top or bottom oh, okay. each line has these kind of like basketball style goals and what you want to do in this game is to uh battle like the wild pokemon get points and then score those points uh, on these baskets you pretty much like pull a slam dunk on those baskets to get your points for your team I don't know who got the idea for this, but it is actually fun. <laughs> hmm. I've heard um, that it's a microtransaction out the ass, though. So there's, um, yeah, that's what's a his name? thing. Uh, uh, what's he called? Most Critical. That's the one. He day one downloaded it, bought like two hundred pounds worth of um, microtransactions, <laughs> and just was dunking on everybody because it is that oh. pay to win. Oh my yeah, god! I, yeah, I it it really depends because I in theory you could get. A lot of the the game gives you a lot of stuff like if you play like every day you actually get a lot of the items you can buy well, yeah, in the, the store for free, free. <laughs> uh, but the, the point is like it's not in theory pay to win like in practice he paid and won right like he was top he was top no, of the yeah, yeah yeah everything day one because he just bought his way ahead and that that's what's so sort of fucky about he's getting like it still sort of sucks, but if it's just cosmetic, like you can at least say it's not solely oh, yeah. the core play experience. But that just isn't the case with this one at all in the slightest. Oh, the the big thing that makes it a little like a lot, not a little bit, a lot like pay to win with this game is that you're being limited on the amount of coins you can win, like in game per week. Ew. Ew. Like from uh, the battles themselves, there are Ew. like many types of currency that to, to the point that it is stupid so you have the regular golden coins that you will usually use to get your pokemon and you to get the character you have to buy what is called a license and then you can use that character forever there's still like pokemon like on rotation every week and there's like one for each role in the game so you can try whichever one you want and then like try to save up for those which is like very standard for Boas. The thing is, is that the items you can still get for gold or you can get for these tickets that you get from, was it like from the rank battles or the regular battles? 
whatever you you get them by by battling but obviously it is faster to just buy them but you can use those tickets for cosmetics for your trainer or for these enhancers for your items and that's the one thing that is like really um by doing because you the amount of tickets you get is not limited but you it takes a while to farm them and of course the, the person that can directly buy those will get extra stats to the point that it is it it is much exciting the other thing about this game is that i don't consider myself to be like really good at mobas in general but since i played out all these years like of playings like especially at the start like the first couple of days i kind of felt bad <laughs> playing <laughs> Because I was like, you know, on on everyone, and at that nice. point I didn't even have the items. So yeah, like the items in particular, they really matter when when they are when you're playing with others that are your similar like level. Now, if the skill level of the two players are uh, about the same, the items can be a deciding factor, and that's why it is paid to win. Mm. Yeah, it sounds vile. I have to be honest, it sounds horrific. Yeah, I mean, from what I understand of this game, like it's releasing to mobile soon, is it? Like this game is designed to. Uh, it's mobile make... already, isn't it? It's just on mobile. Oh, it's not yeah. it is on. Yeah. It is on Switch and mobile thing. Yeah. Oh, Switch as well, right? Okay. Well, okay, that's okay. where it went on Switch. Like this game is designed to make millions of dollars in China. That's literally what this game is designed for. Like they're they're huge into mobile gaming there, and especially like this kind of um like fucking you know microtransactions aren't as big of a deal it's like something that actually makes a lot so like when i see this i just go nice cash grab pokemon <laughs> you know it's nice to hear yeah, that it's kind still, of fun at least yeah it's just that the gameplay is a lot of fun and if you can like get a, a couple even just a friend or two on your team it is way more fun because when you can actually communicate with your team or have someone to play with that that also know how to play, how to play MOBAs in general and this game yeah. in general. Uh, it is a lot more enjoyable because what usually happens when you have a big a big company like the Pokemon Company doing something is that you get a lot of new players in yeah. into something they weren't used to. So suddenly you have like three or four people wanting to go like in the bottom line, and then you have like one lonely pikachu or something on the top line yeah shame you can't communicate on the fucking switch no the but yeah it is a shame on that aspect but in the other aspect i kind of like like not being able to hear what the other players are saying (laughs) pros and cons yeah i've never been yelled at so much as in cod and league of legends my god yeah (laughs) i retired from league of legends because how fucking toxic that community can be Oh, it's rough. Um, if you find good people to play with, it's a blast, but yeah. Yeah. Same as any online multiplayer game, to be fair. Uh, fair. Yeah, but, but I'll say... It's somewhere than others. It was a lot worse in League, but... <laughs> okay. It was, I'm just saying, yeah. it, was, it, it was bad, man. It was bad. Like, um, I've played other online games, and, you know, you get the occasional, but it was like every goddamn game. Not necessarily yelling at me either, but fan, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like sometimes it wasn't even that they were like, like oftentimes I could skate by because I was I was good enough. But like you'd hear people just shitting on someone, and you're like, they're just learning. Leave them alone. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like I remember having like it wasn't like even from my team, but it was from the op- opposite team. 
and they were like heating up a sandstorm about how fat their teamwork makes wear or something like that. And I was, they were asking us to report their teammates. Oh my God, yeah, so yeah. many. Report, report, report. And you're like, just yeah. because someone doesn't play great doesn't mean you can report them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You can't report someone because they're bad at a game. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't think about it. You can't report someone on Pokemon Unite, so that's a plus. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, yeah, you can't hear them, so whatever. All right, Pokemon mm-hmm. Unite. Well, I will never touch it, but good to hear you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> what about Busta Fellows? Your, your, your fucking dumb game that got five fucking ratings on Open Critic and gave you 27 <laughs> fucking points. I was like, there's the strategy. You got to get the game that only gets rated five times. <laughs> Ah! You've taken it well, though, Alex. You've taken it in your stride. You've been really cool and collected I'm, about oh, it. Oh, I'm very cool and calm about this goddamn game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I laughed pretty hard when I saw that come up, though. I was like, yeah, Paula's a force to be reckoned with on Fantasy <laughs> Critic League. <laughs> You're getting hair I and just, tortoise is what's happening. Yeah. I just picked an atomic game that I knew no one will, would pick. Uh, <laughs> and I hear uh, like, good things about the game because it was released in Japan first. Well, oh, motherfucker. Yeah, that's good. Oh, usually, <laughs> usually they don't let you pick those. What? Fuck. Usually they don't. It's so small you know that he didn't though? know. No, the wrinkle with the um, with the VNs is often they get released first on a different console. So like, there's there's one I'm playing that I'll come to that it was it was a PS3 release in Japan, mm-hmm. but then it, it got a global release on PS4 and Switch. Oh. And I'm imagining that's the same with Buster Fellows. You know no, what? this one got released on Switch, on Japan and Switch. I'm actually not here. so mad now because I just checked uh... Buster Fellows' score and it's gone down to 89. So I'm not as mad anymore. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Paula had 27 points from the game, but I think now you just got 19. And you know what? That's fair. And I'll be honest with just you, as someone you. who has a game that... um just kept like creeping downwards like fucking super mario sorry this is uh, besides the point but mario golf has been slowly creeping to the 70 mark and i'm like no stop <laughs> that was such a relief because i thought you'd hit a gold mine there and i was quite yeah. angry that i hadn't got there first and then no, you just haven't <laughs> i i've i've had a real mixed bag we'll put it that way i've had games go down and games go up like chicory keeps going up uh ghost and goblins resurrection has gone up it's weird it doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, Paula, yep. tell us about Buster Fellows. <laughs> okay, so Buster Fellows is the newest Atomic game localization, and this one was localized by, Keep, uh, by P-Cube. Mm-hmm. Also, this one is very, very interesting, and I've been having a lot of fun. And P-Cube has asked all players to only like post spoilers and stuff for Chapter 1, and like be as big as possible and not spoil the game for everyone like past chapter two onwards. So this is like the one time I'll be able like to talk like more in depth about the game. So on Bastafels, you play, uh, you take the role of Dota, a journalist that works for a magazine in, in this fictional town of New Siege. So the thing is, is that Dota has this weird ability where she can like kind of like time lead to the past a little bit like Okabe from Stainsgate. Of course she does. Okay, okay. Sorry, go on. <laughs> but she cannot, She doesn't return to her own body when she does that. But she takes on the control of someone else's body like for a brief period of time. And she pretty much has to work with that. She can only go back like for minutes or hours, never like for days. So that's like the rule of how her time jump power goes. 
-hmm. and she will like timely like back to the present and see like what happened and when she comes back to the present she's briefly someone else before she reverts to her own body no she reverts to her own body like directly but she when when she jumps back to the past she pretty much takes on the body of someone completely random. Oh, it's in the past that she... Right, okay. okay. Uh, yeah. That makes slightly that more make sense. I'm with sense. you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, how this game starts is, like, after, like, a series of events, like, she's been trying to get us this one scoop with this um, Kirk lawyer guy, and stuff happens, and she watched him die. And, and pretty much, like, she got, like, his dying message, and it's like, Okay, I need to I need to to go back and do something, and she jumps back in time, uh, prevents his death, and then she becomes involved with this particular group that calls them themselves fixers. They pretty much try to serve justice where the law is not able to. And this game is very very interesting because the thing she's trying to do with uh, her being like in this journalist is one try to expose the, the truth about stuff. And not only that, but she really wants to write in a way that she wants to make the reader think. Because she says that there are like a lot of things that really uh, get under the radar or things that everyone knows that aren't like quite right. But no one really like presents a solution or tries to do something. Like even like comment on it. So that's the angle she's trying to go for in the magazine. And that is very interesting because like even like in the early chapters in the game, the game already presents you with a lot of interesting characters and interesting scenarios that don't really have like only one way to, to see the thing or only one answer to. So uh, without going into much of the spoiler, like just a little bit before recording, I was playing and I got this heavy question. I was like, Damn it! I wasn't expecting this in my atomic game, <laughs> mm -hmm. but 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 yeah, it has been a lot of fun. Also, this game knows like how to be or when to be like funny or when to be like more serious, which is very very appreciated in the game. Also, Tilda is a blast to to listen to, and the protagonist is voiced like she is fully voiced. Interesting. Which, in Japanese. Or uh, in, in in Japanese. The, Pastafellus is uh, completely voiced in Japanese. And the protagonist is very, very funny, and I love her. Nice. And the the main cast seems to be like this kind of trope of this found family. Because um, their interactions, they really bounce off each other like really good. So it, it is really a, a blast to to go through this game so far. Nice. So yeah, like uh, it, that, that that score seems to be like very well served, and it better be because, damn it, DHL like took a cut from the game because I had to import the the special edition from uh, from the UK because they only sold it there. Weird. You you could really say that they bust a wallet. <laughs> yep, they bust my wallet. It's funny because like the oh Christ, <laughs> even the, for me that was pretty poor. The, the, the special the special edition in Japan actually had like this suitcase and you open it and it has like this uh, layer of paper that is like print fields on it. Hmm. Damn, wasn't there in the 
oh. in, in in this version of the game, but still, it it, it was like a, this little suitcase, and it has a magazine that is an art book, and it is amazing, and it has mm. cross mis cross mixtape that is actually an item in the game. That's awesome. Hmm. Um, so, yep, that's about it for me, Alex. Take it away. <laughs> excellent. Uh, okay, so. I have been playing a bunch of games. Well, not actually not that many. Uh, I was on the well. I was on the flight. I'm gonna go on this one first because it's quick. Uh, I was like watching Canada's Drag Race, and I was like, I just want something to just do. So I just played Pokemon Picross because I saw it on there, and I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot I have this on my 3ds, um, and was just going through it. It's good Picross. Yeah, it's my least favorite Picross I think I've played actually because it's got because hmm. of all the stupid waiting fucking gimmicks and the energy bar and shit. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, fuck off. I'm like, if you're gonna make Picross. Picross is for me to play for hours on end. Don't give me this bullshit. Like, I'm like, I don't like this. But mm -hmm. something awesome that's coming out tomorrow or a couple days ago, if you're listening to this, is Picross S Genesis and Master System Edition. So it's like all of these Genesis and Master System uh, pixel graphics. And so all of the puzzles are like unlocking pixel art from those, uh, from games from the, for those systems. And I'm like, that's so fucking smart. Why are there not more of these goddamn things? Like, why doesn't Nintendo just say, hey, Picross, Here's all of our SNES like games. Just make all the puzzles off that. Cause like, who who cares when you make a puzzle when it's an apple? Like, I want it to be fucking Link. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me that good shit. So all of you to assume that Nintendo would ever properly use their back catalog. I know, right? Rather, rather <laughs> than just sell the same thing again a sixth time. Yeah. So is this a Switch game? This Picross S thing. Yep, yep. It's on the Switch. It's it's yeah. it's you know what is it like thirteen bucks or something Canadian. Um, or like 12 no, Switch is way more expensive than that. Oh, you're funny. Uh, but the Picross, I think all the Picross <laughs> games are on sale right now, actually. <laughs> That's Alex being done with my shit. <laughs> <laughs> they're cheap. I'm going to get it, so expect me playing that soon. Because they're so cheap. It's like, might as well. Yeah, yeah, 14 bucks Canadian. I'm like, oh, sure, I will pay that. Totally happy to pay that. I'm also playing uh, The Ascent. Xbox, their Game Pass. Uh, I know Appetizer is playing that as well right now and loving it. I really like it. I know that there are, are some problems, I think, on like Xbox One, maybe on the PC. I'm not sure. On the Series X, it works. It's flawless. Like it's, I've had zero issues with the game and it's really fun. It's a twit. It's such a fascinating game because it's a twin stick shooter unlike any I've ever played before because like it even has like, so like you're firing from the hip by default, but if you hold down the button that you would usually use to aim, you actually aim higher. And like, there are enemies who are too short where if you do that, at one point I was like, wait, why can't I hit them? Oh yeah, shit, right. I got a hip fire. And like, you can shoot over cover. You can use cover. Like it's very tactical. It's hard, but like satisfying. So it taught me quickly. Cause I was like, sometimes twin six shooters, you just run in and it's like blast everything. But in this one, like I remember I went in and I got fucked and I was like, okay, so I have to be a little more tactical. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, I better. And so it's, it's, it behooves you to learn the systems and to utilize everything like the um, utilize your grenades, utilize your like cool, um, you know, cyberpunk upgrades that you can get. And once you do that, like, yeah, it's, it's quite fun. And I really like it. I can see why, like, cause you know, it, it's rating right now, like, like 75 ish. I think I can see probably why it's there, but I think it's like, it's like really fun is the thing. So like it has some issues, but it's one of those games where I'm like, yeah, it's got some issues, but it's so much fun that I really think you can overlook them and you'll have a good time, especially if you're playing this on game. If you're playing this on Game Pass, it's a goddamn no-brainer. Like, boot it up, go to town. Uh, but I have to say, it's it's so gorgeous. Like, especially on my fucking series. I'm like, looking at this thing, it feels like 
feels like I'm walking through just like a real world and someone has just put me at like that, you know, isometric angle and I'm just kind of peering in on it because it's it's so well realized. So anyway, that's The Ascent. I'll be playing a lot more. Uh, I'm also playing Fire Emblem, The Blazing Blade, or just Fire Emblem on the GBA. I got Is that the one with Lynn? Yes, yes. It's the one with Lynn and Elwood. Elwood, It's the prequel to the one on uh, that's with Japan only that has Roy in it, uh, which I think is like the the, the the binding binding blade. blade. Yeah. So it's a prequel to that because Elwood is Roy's father, I think. So um, you're playing as like his daddy. So basically, I've beaten the like tutorial, which is basically like you play 10 chapters as Lin. And it like introduces you to mm-hmm. the game. So I, I see why this was the first Fire Emblem in the West. Because it kind of makes sense. Like it has such a long involved tutorial, which is very fun. Like it it's, feels like it's its own game, honestly. Um, I stopped at the end of the tutorial for exactly that reason. I need to go back to that game at some point. Yeah, right? Because you I think, oh, it's over. That game because yeah. The battery busted and I lost my oh, save. No. And it was like, fuck that, I'm not playing again until I get a new save. Well, I, <laughs> I'm modded, a new battery. I have this nice, beautiful little like see-through green GPA that I modded with the Oops. with the IPS screen, which oh my god, the first IPS screen I got fucking broken when I got it. Like it was like the bottom, and I fucked it up way worse because I didn't I th- I thought anyway, there's a whole story. But the company that I got it from sent me another one for free, which like Thank you, Retro Modding. I'll shout them out. They're great. But man, modded this thing with like a nice little like rechargeable battery in the back there. And holy shit, the battery time on this is so fucking good. I've been playing it so much. So much fun. The I will say this though, the, the GBA Fire Emblems and Fire Emblem until Awakening, garbage stories, fucking worthless. Like it's like, it's just, it's nonsense. It's just nonsense. It's like, my grandpa's dying. Bye. Like you're like you're going off. Like you know what I mean. It's like just enough, just enough for you to give a shit. And honestly, that's kind of all I want. You know, like I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like fine with it because like I think when you get to awakening, it starts to make more sense. You have like 3D models. You have like more ability to tell a story. On the GBA, it's like you got those sprites, and that's kind of it. Like those like face sprites. And so I actually kind of appreciate that the stories aren't necessarily as involved and are just kind of like guiding you along enough to get you going there now i'm not saying it's like horrific but it's it's not like don't go into it expecting like oh get ready for this long super intense like winding story where you're going to really love everybody like it's fine (laughs) um the lid story what yeah but the gameplay is excellent and that's what i'm fucking here for right like the scenarios are fun and and you get to like the characters enough but you mostly like the characters based on their utility like let's be real like there's some characters where i'm like there's like this axe wielder dorcas and like he reappears in the first chapter of the elwood story and i was like hey i know that guy Uh, (laughs) yeah i know him um but like i like him a lot because i'm like he killed good people real good (laughs) you know what i mean like that's like kind of why you like people like lynn was like borderline trash um in the first 10 like uh, chapters and i was like okay well and if she dies it's game over so i was like well i'm not using you i'm just gonna use all the really good characters (laughs) but anyway it's really fun i would like to go through all the gba ones because there's a there's actually a, a new translation well, it's an addendum to the old translation of the uh, of the Binding Blade that like just came out this year, and apparently it fixes the translation a little bit because it was like a little wonky and like there was some like grammar stuff, and so I'm like, you know, might as well start with this one 
pop onto the to its technically sequel, even though it came out first, and then do Sacred Stones, which I think is like completely unrelated to these two games. Um, in general, Fire Emblem games they're they're almost always unrelated. But funny thing, I noticed that one of the backgrounds in this is almost identical to one of the seg- sections in Three Houses. And like in the actual like courtyard, I was like, oh my God, I recognize this. And I was like, oh shit. Like it's not exactly the same, but like you can tell like they're, I don't know. You can just see like there's a consistency to the worlds they make, right? And they've kind of had them for a long time. And they've, and you can tell like they've just, like they just expound upon them as they go along. Um, Work smarter, not harder. There you go. Exactly, right? Um, yep. Have you played? Oh, so right, Paolo, you said you you because you lost your save, and Rick, you've only played. Yeah, I lost my save from um, Blazing Blade, and I actually found the translation you speak of of Finding Blade. So that one is on the back. Look, I'm playing uh, Tales of Valencia next, mm-hmm. and I think I'll eventually get to the GBA ones. I I am really looking forward to those, especially yeah. since. I actually have a TV now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a you have a great time, and they have a great suspend feature, right? Where like you know, on the GBA, it was just you click it, and it just pops you out, and it's just like shut oh. it right off, and you're good to go. Yeah, I um, I really want to play all the Fire Emblem games. Like, it's something that I I I've already played most, like m- plenty of them. So it's like might as well make my way through. That'll take years. Anyway. Enough on that. I'm talking too long. We have a long episode today. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm also playing Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright. Finally, bought this game like a year ago. Fucking love this game. Holy shit, is it good. It's also dark as shit at first. Like, and I won't spoil yep. things, but like, there's a couple <laughs> things where I was like, what? Now, I'm also going to say this, and like, this is a just kind of a me thing, but um, witches are a big part of this game. They're, they're quite a big part. And that's fine. But I'm just going to say, historically, witches is a pretty gendered thing. And uh, usually, I'm not really sure this game's going to be able to handle or comment whatsoever on that. Like, it just feels like it's kind of taking for granted, like, women be witches. And you're like, where the fuck are you going with this, buddy? Like, it's just... Anyway, it, it just rubs me I a little like bit. I feel like if that's what you want, Leighton versus Phoenix Wright is probably not the game to find it. Though. No, but it's just also yep. like a little bit. Um, but even then, I don't know, because the, the, the Phoenix Wright games do a lot of good stuff in, in these realms. But anyway, some of it I'm just kind of going like, God damn it, we really have to use witches for this. But anyway, it, it's it's fine. It's just a little thing for me. But uh, this is probably a better Leighton game than a Phoenix Wright game, per se, just because I think Phoenix Wright games are already perfect. Um, and latent games aren't so this is a really good latent game um <laughs> it's amazing that this game is even a thing honestly because like it's two completely different companies and like the fact that they came together and made and like they came together and made this right like it's not like latent licensed right or fucking right licensed like the two fucking heads who make this came together and made this game and it's a fucking miracle so like it has an alternative like history type th- like they get sucked into a book, all right? We'll just put it that way. <laughs> and for some, that might be a little like, and that happens like right away. And for some, it, you might be a little like, what? But like, also, that has to happen because the, the latent games- There's no other way. Yeah, they don't, they're not in our present world, right? They're not even in our world. And yeah. like Phoenix Wright is. And so like, it doesn't, it wouldn't really make sense. And I I like what they've done with it. And um it's got a way more involved story than I would have imagined. And I kind of love the idea of like, cause there's less fucking puzzles and the puzzles are more specific. 
And I love that. Like they're just way more specific. The, the, the multiple witness thing is awesome. I'm like, what a cool, fun thing. And this was the first time that uh, Phoenix Wright went in like the 3D direction. So this was like a real big, like milestone for the Phoenix Wright series. And I know that the great Ace Attorney, I think, actually takes a lot of like kind of ideas from this game um, and runs with them. Like there are, I know there's multiple like jurors, I think, in these ones, and so it's like it's really cool to see how like this collaboration actually. I don't know. It just it just unlocked ideas, I think, for a lot of the the creators in the games, and like really allowed, I think, the Phoenix Wright games to kind of go in like a new interesting direction. So yeah, if you like, I I do recommend playing the the Layton trilogy first because I think it's just kind of like. It it allows you to kind of know these characters. Like I I think if you were going to play this game, I would play the Phoenix Wright trilogy and the first Layton trilogy, and then you're going to have like an excellent time. You don't have to, but I just think you'll appreciate it a little more in that sense. Anyway, because you, you beat this game, right um, yeah, yeah, I beat this game. I absolutely loved it. And one of the things that really blew my mind is that these are two different games, two different mm-hmm. like franchises with different art styles, music and all that and they merge it in a way that it feels like it should have happened yes it feels like it's supposed to be like this like you're actually like you're playing it and you're like oh yeah phoenix Wright should have puzzles like it just you know what i mean like you're just like (laughs) that makes sense yeah this makes perfect sense and you're like of course leighton would be good in a courtroom duh like it's just yeah it's nice i love inquisitor barnum he's awesome um yeah the characters are wonderful they're all the all the stuff like all the fucking witnesses are hilarious and just so phoenix right but also so latent like that's what's incredible is like the witnesses are kind of in like the latent art style but they're so phoenix right and i'm like ah it's amazing um anyway i'm sorry i'm done we're we're already like so long on this i'm going to talk about phoenix right a lot more in the next coming weeks i'm I'm about halfway through it already though um it's about a 24-hour game so i'm getting there anyway rick take us home what are you playing yeah well, I'm going to blaze through these because I've spent more than long enough talking about my age. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, three games on the go at the moment. The first one, uh, another P-Cube translated stroke localized game, uh, Root Film. So I talked very briefly about this last time. Um, it's still really good. So the art is very strong. Um, it's got this almost sort of quasi-realistic look, but it's hand-drawn and colored and a little bit cel-shaded. It it. It feels like an amalgam of a lot of different things, but while retaining its own identity um, and still sort of fitting in with the the grounded approach that the root quote unquote series takes, still sort of getting into the meat of the story. But I've I've liked what I've seen so far. I like the characters. There's a real cool buddy vibe sort of going on between uh, Yamato and Megari, who are two of the main characters on one half of the um, of the game, because you have two protagonists. It's like split split scenarios almost. Um, but I like it so far, um, and it's probably, of the ones I'm playing, probably the one I'm going to finish first because it's the shortest. Um, second one is Wargroove, last month's game of the month. And this is sort of what I was alluding to earlier when I talked about so like wanting to play it, but not really wanting to play it. Uh, yeah. And I, I think it is just another one of those games where I would have a lot more fun with it on a Steam Deck or a Switch. Yeah. Um, the, the, the fact of having to boot the laptop up and boot the whole game up and then play a full level, and then once I've done that, I feel like I have to play a few levels to justify having done all the setup. I mean, the game's good. It, if you've heard anyone talk about it, it's like, oh yeah, it's Advance Wars, but it's sick. Or it's like Fire Emblem, but it's sick. Like it's just a really good example of that genre, and that definitely holds. Like the gameplay is excellent. It's just not quite clicking for me at the moment, and I think I'll probably push through and beat it eventually. 
you know, I, I don't want to make out like I'm not having a good time because I am. I just wish I could have uh, a more frictionless time with it, I suppose is a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. And the last one, this has been on the docket for about six weeks and I've just not touched it, but now I can finally say I'm actually playing it. Um, and that is Vagrant Story, which I am playing uh, on the glorious OLED screen of one of my fat Vitas. Didn't expect this to be such a Hideo Kojima game. I'm about an hour in and I'd say maybe 10, 15 minutes of that's actual gameplay. Oh, fucking hell. Tops. <laughs> 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 but so far, just about tolerable. Uh, the art is lovely. It, it makes real good use of sort of the chunky ps1 polygons um and there's this awesome storybook kind of styling to it the text bubbles are like comic book strippy there's loads of sort of medieval political intrigue it really draws you in very soon um theoretically i think this is an avalis alliance game so it's technically set in the same world as the tactics advance games and ff12 although it's not especially clear that there's any links so far so i haven't seen the chocobos you can tell this is from the era of sort of ps1 rpgs where there's still like working out what the fucking RPG on the cusp of the 21st century meant. Uh, Because there's a lot of experimental systems. There's a lot of faffing about. There's a weird thing. So this is like an isometric action RPG. But if you flick the right stick, it takes you to free look mode, where you then have to use the left stick with inverted horizontal but regular vertical to look around the 3D space. And I'm sure that was very impressive at the time. Because what happens is as you move to free look, um, the ceiling pops in and then you have a full on like diorama thing. And then you can see it pop out when you go back to regular view and it draws the camera back out. It's wonderfully of its time. It's like Jack and Daxter. That's such a PS1 thing, man. Like, it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, they were like, look, guys, 3D environment. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you're really there. Yeah. and the combat's interesting as well. So it feels a bit Parasite Eve, although I, I sort of bounced off Parasite Eve a little bit, where when you press the attack button, you have this, like, the word I'm looking for, like, vector line sort of grid thing that pops out. And anything that's in range, you can target. And then it's a VATS-like thing where you can select, like, an arm or a head or a body or a leg. Uh, and the enemy can do the same to you. And there's different buffs and debuffs depending on what you hit and how badly you damage it. And it feels like it, it draws that good stuff from ATB, where it feels like you're in the middle of something frenetic, but you also get the time to stop and work out what you're doing. Um, reminded me a lot of Transistor in that sense, actually, in the way that they set up their combat. And so far, I'm, I'm really, really digging it. So I, I, I can see some of the extraneous systems possibly grating on me as time goes on, because generally, like, crafting and putting weapons together, I, I sort of bounce off that a little bit. It doesn't really no pun intended, grip me. But the world building, the aesthetics, the combat more generally, all feels good so far. Um, and it's not especially long for an RPG. It's like the 2025 outlaw. So yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more of that one as well. It's three long boys in my playing at the moment. Well, there we go, folks. That's our that's our like basically episode long look at what we've been beating <laughs> retired. <Yeah. laughs> yeah no that's all right well i don't know we all talked a fair bit i think we're good (laughs) Um, so why don't we come on to our topic then so yeah we talked about for the last two episodes we talked about the oled switch uh we've talked about the steam deck and now let's talk about the other handheld that is definitely not aiming for power the play date which um both rick and i have pre-ordered i pre-ordered it for the 2021 launch so hopefully some point this year i'll be getting it and i believe rick you're getting it next year 
Mine says 2022. I'm hopeful that some people will cancel their pre-orders and mine will shuffle forward in the queue, but we'll see. Maybe, yeah. So for those who don't know, the Playdate is a very cute little yellow uh, machine by the people behind um, games like uh, Firewatch. <laughs> Forget the other ones. <laughs> little Indie Studio. Uh, they make those fun little narrative games and they've created this little piece of hardware that's like looks like a really small Game Boy I would say it looks like, looks like kind of like a Game Boy Pocket, you know, but much tinier and it has a little crank um, that you can use to play games. And, and very, very thin as well. I should say as well, yeah. they're the publisher, so they're not the developer. So yeah, like sorry, that's, publisher. Yeah. Firewatch, for example, is Campus Santos. But, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. It's published. Yeah, any. Sorry, go on. No, that's fine. That's a good thing to add. Uh, yeah. And um, so it's their first time making hardware. And I'm in love with this little thing. Like, it's so cool. Monochromatic, like high quality display. It's going to have 24 games. So basically they're doing like two games a week, essentially, um, as like a season weeks, yeah. thing. Yeah. So for 12 weeks, they'll give you two games a week. You can, they show you what most of the games are, but you can hide. Like I've purposely haven't looked at what most of them are because I'm like, I kind of want them to be a little bit of a surprise. Um, Stop. yeah. And, uh, and they've got an excellent little dev kit that you can use. There's an online one right now. And then they're actually going to release the dev kit that anyone can work on. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I don't know about y'all, but I've seen a lot of people, like, there's so many people who just like, why would you want this? Like, it's so expensive. And like, uh, and I'm like, guys, like, I am so goddamn down for new fucking random experiences on a little handheld like this. And the fact that it has its own, like, kind of interesting control mechanic in it as well, besides like the traditional ones. I'm like, this speaks to me on an emotional level. <laughs> like, uh, I'm making a fucking Game Boy game. <laughs> That's probably something we should acknowledge. Like, yeah. this is a very niche product, and we yeah. fall firmly into that niche. Yeah. So, like, I I was um, putting my order in at work, and I had a colleague look over my shoulder, and he's just like, "You're paying how much for that? It the screen's black and white. You do realize what you're buying yet?" And I was like, "You don't realize what I'm buying. I realize exactly what I'm buying, and I'm very yeah. down for it." Well, and it, it, it. Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think it's. One of those things where out of the limitations, creativity mm-hmm. grows. And especially when you have that those limitations, as you say, alongside this really unique input thing in the crank. And the one game that I have seen a little bit of, just because it was so heavily used in promotional materials, um, it's a, a puzzle game coming from some like semi or tourish developer, like someone that mm-hmm. if you Googled their name, you would have known the games that they've come from. And the cranks like the the time moving forward and back, and there's a puzzle yeah. solving mechanic associated with uh, doing different things at different times. Gave me mad ghost trick vibes mechanically, mm. um, but it's it just looks like a really cool and unique setup. And also with the little magnetic cover that goes over the top of this yeah. beautiful piece of hardware, like it's clearly designed with aesthetics in mind as well. It looks like the perfect sort of drop in my pocket and play on the commute kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and. I'm a sucker for that, whether it's the Game Boy Micro, whether it's the PSP Go, whether it's this. I'm a sucker for something that's truly portable, not Switch like you could fit it in Jinko jeans or a satchel portable, like portable portable. Mm-hmm. Plus, I imagine um, that, you know, all those Bitly games, right? Like the, the ones that we love that we played by, uh, oh, no, what's her name? 
Cecile Richards. Cecile Richards, yeah. Like all those How games. dare you blasphemer? <laughs> I know, I just couldn't Those remember. would be perfect. Right? And they're easily to tra- easy to translate over to this, right? Because it's like, again, those are monochromatic games. There is a community of creators making monochromatic work. And like, I know Lucas Pope, Return of the Oprah Din and stuff, he's working on something for it. Um, he is indeed, yeah. Yeah, which I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, give mm-hmm. me that. Um, and just the idea that like, like, I don't know. I just, I love this idea so much because- you see a lot of companies try to come in and make like a console, right? Like they're like, yeah, we're going to make a new big thing. But it's like games are so fucking expensive. And but a little thing like this, a monochromatic game that genuinely someone could make on their own. Like, do you know how many fucking game developers have like a side project on the go all the time? Like creatives, we all do this. Like we all do this. We have side projects on the go. And a little thing like this man, I can see myself tinkering around making little games on this thing to my heart's content because it's like, it's so simple and immediately, like there's immediate validation to it, right? Like the fact that you can like pop it in and just try it out and be like, oh, look at that. Like to me, and as someone who's going to be a, a teacher, like this actually for me feels like a really fun thing of being like, ooh, look, I can like uh, help kids like, you know, they want to make a little project. It's like, this seems like a, a fun little thing to make something on and be like, Here, try it out, you know? Like, anyway, I love this thing. I think it's just excellent. But what do you think, Paula? I know it's a little out of the... <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit out of my budget at, the, uh, at this moment. Maybe yeah. this situation will change in the future, hopefully. <laughs> but it looks really neat. And one of the things that really caught my mind is that, I mean, it really caught my eye was that the screen is semi-illuminated. It, it, it is like highly reflected. I'm like really curious on how the hell that works. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. We're getting, we're getting to point, your exhaustion point, right? <laughs> yep, I'm getting to my exhaustion point. I, I don't know how I'm even awake at this point. <laughs> and I think the monochromatic um, screen and the fact that it's like, it's like one bit, basically, um, I think that's part of the reason why they're able to have the unlit screen, right? Like it's like, um Mm -hmm. when you make it super reflective but then also when you restrict what it can display it can just display it in a a higher contrast um i'm no expert but anyway that's that's from what i've been noticing at least but i'll be really curious when i get it in my hands because everything that i've seen they've talked about it they're like it's smaller than i even thought it was (laughs) because like it really just like Mm. so tiny and fits right in your uh right in the palm of your hand so yeah count me as it feels like they've nailed it feels like they've nailed all of those compromises where they make them where they've not. Mm-hmm. So like in terms of the screen, uh, in terms of maintaining things like Bluetooth connectivity. So like it's yep. got a headphone jack, but you can also just hook up speakers to it that way. Um, and then like the, the, I hesitate to use the word ecosystem, but the little sort of ecosystem that they're building around it with this free dev tool, with the fact the whole thing is, is an open platform that you can just like sideload things to and from at your heart's content. Um, with the little speaker that they've got coming, which is very like statement piece sort of thing where you just like plug it in and leave it on a minimalist sort of hipster desk with a little pen poking out the top. Yep. It feels like they've they've really laser focused in on what they want to do and, and got all of the things around that right. And, and I think that speaks to what you say as well. Like to be successful, it doesn't have to sell 50 million units. You oh. just have to find enough of an audience to build something into and around. And yeah. and I think it's a really smart approach, and I love that there's space in the industry for this kind of thing now. Yeah, and I think they're doing it the right way, where it's such a small thing, where it's like, look, we committed to 20,000 units, and then we'll just make more based on who orders it. Mm-hmm. I also think that's a, 
hilariously great idea too because like if scalpers buy it i mean you're just sort of you know what i mean like it's like they're making more so like i mean go ahead scalpers buy as much as you want but like i'm not sure that you know what i mean like it's like i I, i'm already not sure that you're going to be able to like scalp this for crazy prices because it feels to me like they're just going to keep trying to create them so i don't know it's like a niche it also feels very scalper resistant because if you think about Mm -hmm. it like it's not it's not a limited pre-order in that like Mm-hmm. They're not making any more ever. It's just limited in that, like, we have the capacity to get this many out this quickly. If yep. you keep ordering, we'll keep making, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, color me um, excited. Yellow. Yellow. Color me yellow. Ha <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, not my form day today. I do apologize. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's it's just like, honestly, when I think about this thing, the reason, one of the biggest reasons that I, I jumped in on it was just the fact that yeah, it's a little expensive, but it's the most interesting thing that's being made right now. Like as far as uh, as far as I'm concerned, like there's nothing else that like for me, I'm like, I got a switch. I got my Series X. I can basically play whatever I want. Um, but it's like this is a thing where I'm like, can't play those games unless I get this thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I want in. <laughs> um, I don't so- like that, but the creator aspect of this thing is that not only you'll get like 24 free games, but maybe you'll be able to play like whatever the, uh, the others that have mm-hmm. played it or like just develop for the play date. Mm. Well, make. Oh, I'm yeah. So it's a play. little bit like Mario Maker or like the, um, oh, what's the game build their garage or dreams in that aspect. Yeah, I think HIO and- will see a number of, of play date games appear. And they're talking about potentially a second season, which will probably be like a. Uh, a paid one um yeah. if the first one does really really well which i would be all about i think Damn. we'll see and look i'll be happy if i just get this first season <laughs> um mm-hmm. you know what i mean if there's more after i'm like fuck yeah but like <laughs> I'm, I'm down uh okay well why don't we um move on then to everyone's favorite game how long to beat the game what are we playing this week Who whose turn is it <laughs> I am looking for the thing. What happened? What, Rick? What's going on? <laughs> Did I miss something? I look away from YouTube. Like, I'm sick. I'm like, Rick is saying, what happened there? It's, it's the fact that we, we both did the thing too, the music at the same time. And just, it's almost <laughs> like we created the music and I had some oh, we we had a little moment and it tickled me. I've got uh, the audience isn't going to have a clue what's going on if this even stays in the edit, which it probably won't. <laughs> oh dear! I've got that theme music just jangling in my brain all mm-hmm. the time. It's many thanks, stuff. Papa June. Yes, Papa Dune. Okay, um, so the game for this week is Neocav. I beg your pardon. Do- <laughs> Bless you. Um, like what like did you just call me? Neocav. <laughs> no. Uh, is Neo Neo Cap like um Cap as in, in taxi? the opposite of old, or Neo is in Neo? Neo. Oh, okay. And then calf is in like a baby cow. No, not calf. It's cap, like C A P. Oh, new cap. Oh, new cap. Oh, Neo, sorry. Neo cap. Oh, it's all one word. No, that that can't be it. <laughs> Are you saying Neo cab, like like the car? Yeah. Okay. Like the car. Oh. I heard cap, right? Okay. I'm so sorry, Paula. Yeah, I heard. I heard calf, neo calf. 
when when I search Neocap, it takes me the first link on DuckDuckGo. It takes me to um, an Ohio community alternative program. It's like a Young Defenders <laughs> type thing by the looks of things. It's like that definitely is. <laughs> I, know, I was game. looking up Neo C A F, and I just kept getting Nestle Calf, and I was like, this isn't what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't right. But now that I've got there, I actually do recognize this game. I've I know this game. This yes, I know this game. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh, paula right. we're just we're like sitting here going wait what <laughs> um no, sorry. Uh, i'm i'm gonna cheese the shit out of this and i'm putting five hours five hours five hours yeah i'm almost oh, certain sorry, that's what it is um yeah we need to rethink the rules of this game because really for the short ones we can fuck it <laughs> i know it does not but have proper balance of course this is assuming that the games are short ones right so <laughs> <laughs> I, it is though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to be at uh, five hours. Um, I just watch gonna it, we a little bit hours to 100 now. I'll cry. <laughs> Why, Why don't I do? Because oh. I don't think 100 percent is any shorter than um than than an hour. I'm pretty sure it takes more than an hour to beat this game. So um, I'll make it interesting. I'm gonna make my yeah. I'm gonna say hours. six hours and. Mm-hmm. Um, Thirty. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do uh, five hours, five and a half hours, six and a half hours, just to make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> just to make a point, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm the one with the game. Um, should I reveal the time stamp? Yeah, let, let's yes, let's find it out. Uh, so, mm-hmm. main story four hours. Main process extras, five and a half hours. Completion nice. is 10 hours. <laughs> Perfect. Five, five, five would have been there fine. <laughs> wow, 10 hours, though. That's close. <laughs> Surprisingly yep. beefy. Yeah. Uh, which means that we are now at Rick with 71 points, Alex with 69 <laughs> points, uh, and Paolo yeah, nice. with 60 points. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Still any? It's We're still a close game. Children. Yeah, oh, I, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody that's it thanks for tuning in this week uh we'll be back next week with you more of your regularly scheduled program yeah maybe a little bit less than me <laughs> <laughs> take it easy toodles bye nice <laughs>